what if you're in one of the major races of NASCAR? And you made a right turn? Can I be taken seriously for one second? But you know what? That's our passion. Yeah. We live for sports. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast. Talking all things sports. By the fans. For the fans. And now your starting lineup. Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to another great episode of the New Jersey Guys Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Swenderman, along with my partner across the board for me, my main man, Mr. Met himself, Dan Tantillo. Ugh, I think I'm doing a little bit better than Mr. <laughs> but, Met these days. Well, you could be new Mr. Met. Yeah, because I had... Let's just, you know... Now let's just get right into our misery, Met's Minute. Yeah, we're going to make this really quick and, you know, I'm cutting the music. I don't even care anymore. The, the season's <laughs> over. The season's over, dude. It's officially over. You literally just gave up. Yeah. You know, you're only, the calendar just turned to June, it's, right? You got two too, more months. No, we're too far back. We are 24 and 31 on the season, 11 games back in the division, eight of the wild card. The season's done. And you lost your mascot. And we lost our mascot. So in case you missed that, uh, Mr. Met was caught on camera turning around and flipping off the fence. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, man, it's funny. If it doesn't show the frustration on Mets fans, that I mean that that just that's like the coup de gras. That's like the cherry on top. <laughs> the mascot, he's even frustrated. And um and then another fan wearing a fire Terry Collins t shirt was kicked out of City Field on two different occasions, apparently being inebriated and belligerent while trying to sell his t shirts inside. Well you're not that's why. Apparently he said though in a follow up that he's never had a drink and that he was never trying to sell shirts. That the the Mets are making this up. I don't know what to believe. I don't care. The season's over. That's where I'm at. My only hope for the rest of the year. A little freedom of expression. Come on, Matt. Yeah, bad but, job. But my here's what I'm rooting for for the rest of the year. I'm rooting for a funny story. So we had the, the Harvey wait, with wait, the, the sex on. toy thing. We had that as a story. Now we had the Mr. Met flipping off. I'm just going to How hope, much funnier can you get than that? You can't. <laughs> so I'm going to just hope every single week that there is some story that is so silly and outrageous that... That's going to make me excited because for me, the season's over and I don't think they can come back. I'm thinking if you did Major League over, yeah. if you were a producer and you wrote Major League, a rewrite, mm -hmm. and did it on the Mets season or the Mets in general instead of the Cleveland Indians, nobody would even believe it. Because if you wrote this crap down, no one would believe this could actually happen to a Major League Baseball team. And it's happening and it's only June. And I'm sorry, Mets fans. I hate. To have let you down so early, but I am officially calling the season over. And right now, I'm just going to hope that there's something entertaining along the way to keep me rooting a little bit. How about but, the NBA Finals? How about the NBA Finals? How yeah. about them NBA Finals? Um, What would you say if I said I don't really care anymore about that either? Come on, let me seriously? Explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. You're killing me today. We're a couple minutes into this podcast. I'm already done with you for the day. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so... I've, com I've completely lost interest in the NBA. How? And I think it's because of these super teams. Oh, and come on Let now. me just explain, because the Warriors have arguably the best team put together collectively, I guess, on paper. You could say that this is one of the best teams ever put together with Durant in the mix. 100%, but that, okay. that's the exciting part. You have... It's a battle, literally a battle of the titans. Okay, yeah, but there's nothing else that keeps me interested. If I know that it's going to be Golden State and I know it's going to be Cleveland, 
Why why even bother? Why there's there's nothing else there. Yeah, but me. you know what? If you were a Cleveland fan or a Golden State fan, you I bet you'd be excited right I'd about be, now. I'd be loving it. But as yeah, a Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So But that only that only applies to two groups of people. I think at least my comes, my generation, I'm twenty six. Right. My generation, I'm noticing that more and more people just are like, all right, the finals are going on and, and that's it. They're not going to watch because it doesn't mean anything. It's the same thing over and over and over. I'm getting sick of the repetitiveness and seeing the same two teams and the same players and everything. And I get it that these guys are some of the best that we've ever seen. I understand that. But that's what I don't get because people used to complain. I mean, maybe when I was, you know, I would say late high school or early college, probably just when you were getting into sports, um, people would complain there's no dynasties anymore. Free agency took away the dynasty. This and so now you have dynasties and people are still complaining. So that means just means sports fans are just never happy. Yeah, that could be it. But with You're me, a bunch of miserable human beings. With me, I mean, I, I grew up. Like a Knicks fan, and that well, is, well, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, like, you're with, miserable anyway, right? And uh, between the Mets and the Cowboys, I didn't need another team of misery. So I, I really, I was following the NBA playoffs pretty heavily, maybe four or five years ago. I was in it when there were teams such as the Mavericks in it and the Spurs. And Spurs are always in it, though. Yeah, I know, but like there was always you, you, you couldn't predict anything. Nobody was just saying, "Oh, okay, who, who it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland in the in the finals." That's that's just what it was, no matter what. Going into this year, throughout the season, even when both teams kind of peaked and fell and injuries happened, it was always going to be... Yeah, but it's it's a boring, continuous cycle. But look through the 80s. The 80s, you could have said on any given year, it was going to be my Celtics or it was going to be the Lakers. Yeah. At one point, early 90s, the Bulls. But my it, favorite it part goes yeah, in cycles. And I understand it's, that, but my favorite part of of basketball, at least when I was watching in the earlier part of this decade, was that there was nothing to predict. It was pretty much up in the air of who you, you grew were up in see. the Jordan era. Correct? Kind of. I was a little bit later right, than the Jordan so era. So me being a basketball fan since I was a kid. Yeah. The Jordan era, you knew Jordan was making the championship, if not close to it. By the time when Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Cartwright, all those guys were on a team together. Mm-hmm. You knew they were getting far. Yeah. Okay, maybe you didn't guess that they would make the finals every year, but all the championships they got, people weren't saying, oh, I'm tired of the Bulls making it. But it's, I think the Bulls only had one superstar. You can so argue. that's a little bit different now when it comes to Golden State, who you can argue have four. Well, look at the Heat before them. I mean, the Heat did it. And I and it was the same thing with the Heat and the Celtics where back in, I guess, the late 2000s when the Celtics put together that team. Right. And, go ahead. Pearson, Garnett, and um, Ray Allen. Yeah, and part of that just seemed weird to me too because, I don't know, I, I like that for each team to have somebody to root for and some superstar. But when they're all coming together, it's like watching, you know, the Olympics where I don't watch the basketball during the Olympics. The USA team. You know why? Because you know exactly what's going to happen every time. To me, it's the same thing with these two teams. No, see, I totally disagree. I think, I think this is bringing back something that is sorely missing over the late nineties into the early two thousands of the dynasty. It's it. I I was so excited, even though I kind of knew where these finals should go as far as the teams to see two of the best, Curry and Durant versus LeBron. 
I mean, Kyrie Irving, this this is great. This is great. At, granted, the games aren't as close as anybody thought they right. would be so far. I mean, we're only. But up, you're not sick of it. No, not at all. I love it. Yeah, I love it, and I'm not a fan of either team. But you know what? These are superstars of the league, and I'm watching them battle it out. It's it. I, you know what? It only could be better if my team was in it. Yeah, but I feel like that you didn't even think that your team had a chance. I listen. You, if you're a fan that doesn't think your team has a chance, you shouldn't be rooting for them. That's my theory on it. Only because you're always rooting and you always want your team to have a chance. Unless you're the Mets. Then you know you don't have a shot. Let me, pre- let me preface it. Wait, hold on. Let me go back a second. Unless you're the Mets. Then you know you don't have a shot. But e- regardless, I think you always have to believe that your team has somewhat of a shot. I mean, Boston going into the, the you know conference finals, they were a long shot. But you know what? They got that far and I'm like, if they stay strong... They could be, you know, they had a lot of injuries in the in the conference fight. They lost Isaiah, arguably their star player, and I mean it was tough. But you know what? I believe that they could, they could win. So what do I you? Could see. So as a team that's trying to rebuild, so say that there's a team, and I don't know if it exists. There's a team that has one superstar, right? Say it's just a team with one superstar. The only way that that team can really compete with the other huge teams is by having enough money and having enough, I guess, power to draw more superstars to them because that's the only way that you're going to make it, I think, in the NBA right now is if you build a team full of not just great players but superstars. And that kind of is upsetting because how many teams can realistically do that? But Cleveland built their team, for the most part, on draft picks, and then LeBron came back. It wasn't like he brought three guys with him and said, hey, everybody, we're going to Cleveland. We're leaving Miami and going to Cleveland. True. But he came back to a team that had established stars on it. So what do you say for the case with the the Warriors then? Bringing in Durant. Curry was already there. Curry was homegrown. Yeah. It's a mix. It it could go it could go any way to any team any given year. It you get one good free agent, you get a strong free agent, but they built a core. They built a core in Sacramento. Yeah. A lot of those guys are homegrown. That's true. So it's, it, you know, bringing on one superstar is not, you know, is not the monopoly that people are making it out to be. I don't know. At least with me being maybe not as big as a basketball fan as other people, I would just like to see it spread out. I want to see the love spread a little bit and see some other teams in the mix and not necessarily just have the same two teams and not just see these powerhouses being built. I want to see them kind of like what you were saying, being homegrown. And I get it that LeBron came back. But I would like to see a team that is really, you know, based on, on young talent, not necessarily getting all of, you know, the, the already known superstars all together into one. Because to me, it just seems like it's... I'm watching the same two teams over and over, and there's really nothing yeah, else. I'm just, I'm just loving the the fact that there can be dynasty teams now again, or or what you know what today's version of a dynasty team could be. And yeah. I mean, either one, you can make an argument: Golden State or Cleveland could be con- conceived as as a dynasty team at this point. I mean, Cleveland, granted, they only won once, but I mean, look how many times they've been in the finals leading up to. You know, this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, and LeBron. I mean, I feel like I'm a LeBron apologist. Like, I love LeBron and it's a James. Shame that, and it's a shame that you have to be. Right. But that's just because of, I think that's just because of the state of the NBA right now. 
Right. We're going to talk a little bit more LeBron. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit more LeBron on the on the back end of this about him being a hero. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. This is what they're looking for. Learn, laugh, stay informed. Podcasts from New Jersey 101.5. The Jim Gerhardt Podcast. He's talking Jersey again. You say that's an exaggeration. No, it's not. Forever 39. Gen Xers living in the Great Garden State. I'm very interested to see what people have to say. Available now from the New Jersey 101.5 app, iTunes, and Google Play. And we're back here on the New Jersey Guys Podcast. Myself, Dan Tantillo, along with Chris Weneman. We were just talking about LeBron James in the NBA Finals, but his name was really in headlines for another reason as well this week. Yep. Um, a teacher in Northeast Ohio wanted to make sure the superstar knew how much he continues to be appreciated back home. Jennifer Pennington, a middle school English and uh, language arts teacher from Akron Public Schools, placed several signs out James's property in the township of Ohio with descriptions uh, praising the Akron native. Uh, created three double-sided white place cards writing the phrases hero, role model, and mentor, humanitarian, leader, and good Samaritan, all in block letters using a marker and placed them about 10 yards apart on the side of uh, James's driveway. So I don't know. People are getting a little up in arms about it and saying, well, well, you know, why all this descriptive for a guy who plays ball and makes millions of dollars a year, and why is he necessarily a hero? In my eyes, absolutely a hero. Yeah, and I think that, let me just back up a little bit, because the reason that this teacher kind of went out of her way to have these signs is because LeBron's home in Los Angeles was vandalized with a lot of racist graffiti, which right. none of us are condoning whatsoever, and frankly, stuff like that bothers it's me. It's disgusting. It's terrible. But at the same time... I can get where people are kind of up in arms over this because of the word itself, because of the word hero. Now, granted, I think hero means a lot of different things. To different people. Right. So somebody like Miss Pennington, who is a teacher in Akron where he grew up and where LeBron continuously is donating time, money, resources, of course you're going to see this guy as a hero because He's benefiting not only yourself, but the entire community. Right. So he's a hero to the Akron community. And I totally get that. I've, he could also be a hero to this person, but to the outside world, to people outside of that community, they might be taking it the wrong way because they've encountered real live heroes, people who have risked their lives, first responders. Right, military. And, and also there can be the people that have dealt with racism and they've persevered, but yet they were never called a hero. Right. So they could see it that way. And, you know, different people define heroes different ways. Uh, you know, like you just touched on that, yeah. Danny. But I think if you're a sports fan, I think every single one of us have a hero in some sense of the word. Sure. And I don't know if hero, in my sense for sports, I have one definition of a hero and then i think outside of that i think i define heroes as you know our police our sure. ems our fire you know that sort of thing I, I our military you know those are heroes but also as a sports fan there are people we grew up with watching emulating yep that's a different kind of hero yeah because i but was they're that, still heroes of course because you know i'm granted i never played major league baseball but you know like crazy, I was trying to have that Ken Griffey Jr. swing. You know, like I, I saw him growing up and I was blown away by Griffey. And I wanted to do everything I can to be like him when I'm, when I'm playing the game. 
But I do think that there's also when it comes to a hero, it's it depends on what you've experienced in your life. There's True. you know there there could be True. a time and place where you know I, I said this example before we started re- recording where around 9/11 uh, Mike Piazza was huge with me because that was a time where I I was back with my family and everything was okay and people were united and seeing Piazza hit that home run oh such a great shot it, too it meant so much to me my family. And honestly, to this area in general, where he was a hero in my eyes. Right. I, he carried, in to me, he carried the tri-state area on his back just for a moment, just as he walked around those bases. Right. And that is something that sticks with me for the rest of my life. And I think that that, it's crazy. I, you know, you see people get upset, say, when somebody who is in the media passes away, for example. Or, like, say, like, like Yogi Berra or Muhammad Ali a year right. ago. And I get where people are like, you know, you're giving all this information, all this media attention for somebody who was doing a sport. But for so many people, it was much more than a sport, and it was right something that, you know, built who they are. Right. I actually tweeted out last week, a um, uh, very famous sports writer just passed away, uh, Frank DeFord. Yes. And growing up, reading his articles... And I, I had tweeted out that I said not necessarily everyone in sports was an athlete right. as a hero to others and a role model. I, I, Frank DeFore, I loved reading his articles, and I, I I looked up to him, and he was an athlete, right? In the sense he was he was a sports writer, he was on the opposite end. But I looked up to him. Not, I mean, my all time sports athlete by far is Mark Messier from the Rangers. Okay, but I th- again, you have different forms of people in sports that what we follow and our passion, our love for this, that we emulate in one way or another. And whether it's on the field or off the field, I mean, there's plenty of people that you look up to. And I believe that that still is the definition of a hero I, in, I, in its own, in its own way, even though Charles Barkley will argue that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I, yeah, like you were saying, it's, it's something that's important and it's something that defines so much of the American culture where whether it's sports or music, or movies. Right. There's people that mean so much to us that other people will never understand. And again, we are not diminishing what a true hero is, those that represent what a hero is to a broad America. A A broader sense and people that may not be sports fans. Right, but for some people, and they these people are heroes, and they got them through the tough times in their lives, and made a difference and with this thing with LeBron James it definitely made a difference um I think there's a a bit of a difference though between I guess athletes that you see as a hero and then athletes that you may you know just you like them there are people that you right but I mean there's listen there the sports world is littered with guys I would not want my kids of course emulating or calling heroes right LeBron James is not in that. I think LeBron James is in that category of yeah. somebody I would, I would, I would definitely call a hero to yeah. kids and carries himself as such. I agree. Um, it's definitely in the way they carry themselves, as much off the court, off the field, off the ice, whatever it is, um, as it is on. Yeah, it's not 100%. just about the stats. It's a fifth. It, I think with people like this, it has to be a fifty-fifty split. Oh, or absolutely, hundred percent. Or else, you know, these people aren't. You know, yeah. they're, they're athletes. Speaking of heroes, 
Yeah. I had this weird dream last night. I got to tell you about. Oh, that's where we're going. Yeah. We're talking uh, about. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, uh, just humor me. I look sure. So I had this really vivid dream last night that I was in the W. Now you know I'm a wrestling fan. Yes, I do. Okay. So I was in the WWE studios and or their offices, and I wanted to prank my favorite wrestler, John Cena. Okay. I had it all set up. I go to prank him and the people that was like supposed to like play his entrance music for me and like do something and like nobody did anything because they were afraid to prank John Cena. And I was the only one that was brave enough to do it. And like, I was like, come on guys, really? And like John Cena is like in the middle of an interview and like all of a sudden I jump out and like, like tried to play this joke and nobody went along with it. And yeah. It was just me. I was like, really guys, come on. I thought we had this set up <laughs> and I was just standing there and then, all of a sudden, fast forward through my dream, and all of a sudden, I'm standing on the side after getting deflated by like nobody going in on my joke with me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Cena comes over to me. He's like, he's like, hey man, if we're gonna be working together, we should definitely like get to know each other. John Cena. Yeah. Said that to me in my dream. Like, <laughs> I woke up this morning. I was so disappointed <laughs> that I had to go to work. Uh, or, or it just puts you in a great mood. Where, yeah, that's funny though. That's I mean, so funny. I mean, but you know. I think we all have our heroes and our, you know, the things, people that we would love to just sit down oh, and sure. have a couple minutes with. Sure. I mean, I think I alluded to it last time and you made fun of me with Bill Walton, so we won't get into him again well, as somebody else. Listen, do I have to go back <laughs> to why? We don't. We don't. We don't have to. Just but sit, sit around listening to the Grateful Dead for five hours and. Just one song for five hours. E exactly. It's just one song <laughs> that goes on for five hours. But um, there's definitely guys that I would like to have a beer or, or golf with, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think at least right now for the teams that I like, uh, Syndergaard. For sure, it looks like one of those fun oh, guys. That was that's a guy he, who you could just totally, just totally sit down and have a beer with and just laugh. He's right. a guy that's always having fun. And um, Jason Witten, I think, is another guy that's up there. I've with met me. Jason Witten, and what's he like? What a down to earth guy. Yeah, so good, so good to the fans. Gets it as a role, and that's another thing with the with the whole heroes thing. Sure, they get it. Yeah, they get what they, they mean to people. Absolutely. They get what they mean to the fans, to the kids. And that, I mean, in itself is worth its weight in gold. But getting back to who we would want to hang out with, beside Messier, who's yeah. my all-time favorite, and I would love to just spend five minutes with him, yeah. Gronk. See, I was going to say oh, Gronk. I would so – or Tom Brady. My man crush – and I readily admit this, yeah. I have a man crush on Tom Brady. Yeah. I would spend 10 minutes with Tom Brady. I would be the happiest camper in the world. See, here's the thing with Gronk. I thought about including him. But you know what? I think Gronk, I think if I was at a party atmosphere, I'd want to hang with Gronk. Right. And the reason I didn't include him is because I'm fragile, I think. Oh, if and, so if he did And I, I'm not into to getting hammered drunk like I used to when I was in college and stuff. So I feel like, you know, before I know it, I'd be on the floor and like Gronk is like dancing over me or something because <laughs> I'm the passed out kid that can't keep up with Gronkowski. Um, so I think he... Uh, well, I mean, listen... I don't care how much you used to drink or you drink now. You're a bit smaller than Gronk last time I checked. So right. the probability of that happening, pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I think there are guys, and you know what? I think sometimes it's almost better to say, I would love to have a beer with that guy. I would love to hang out and have 10 minutes conversation with X player or this guy. or Because you know what? Some of them that turn out not to be the good guys, yeah. I think it would ruin me. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I feel like you'd have to know. Like I, I think I'd want to hang out with Shaq. Oh, absolutely. That would be so fun. I, I, it would be Shaqtastic. It would be Shaqtastic, and I would hope that we would be up to some kind of mischief. Like, even if it's oh, just 100%. doing some kind of stupid prank. Anything. I, some I would type wa- of shenanigans <laughs> with Shaqtastic. Even, even if he's just, like, picking me up and, like, playing catch with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. One of, the, one of the craziest guys I've ever met in my life, and it was one of the most fun times in my life for 10, 15 minutes that I got to meet him, was Charles Haley. Oh, cool. Charles Haley put me in a headlock. Really? I have a photo to prove it. That's he awesome. literally he literally took me in a reverse chokehold headlock kind of thing mm-hmm. and like wanted me to smile. Like he wanted to take well, as I asked him for a picture, he's like, Oh yeah, come on in. And and he literally put me in this like reverse I have to find a picture. I'll bring it in yeah, for as sure. proof and we'll we'll post it on NJ1015.com for you guys. I he literally puts me in this like reverse chokehold, and he's like, "Like I'm like half afraid, half hysterically laughing." And I'm like, "What's going on?" And he's he's like, "All right, take the picture, take the picture." He's like, "Is he smiling? I can't see it. Is he smiling?" I'm like, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Yeah, I, I mean, so that was one of my like great moments. A guy that I really, you know, had a lot of admiration for on the field yeah. was even cooler off the field. But I think if it ever went the other way, I think I'd be brokenhearted. Exactly. And that's part of the reason why if I were to meet somebody famous, and I, I have met my fair share, more so musicians than athletes, but I treat it as if it was just a normal person just because I'm afraid that the person that I like right. is not exactly... And it really is. It, you know, if you're not a sports fan, if you're not a huge music fan, I think it... You don't get it. It looks so stupid. It, right. P- and people will call us stupid for that. But you know what? That's our passion. Yeah. We live for sports. We love it. We live it. We breathe it. And when something happens that doesn't jive or doesn't resonate with what we in our minds the way it should be, it's just heartbreaking. It's just a real downer. Yeah. And yeah, it really is. Well, I know one good guy that's out there. Apparently, golfer Phil Mickelson. Mm. So, Danny, tell him what's going on with Phil Mickelson and uh, the U.S. Open, yes. why he won't be there this So, week. ever since he was a pro in 1993, he's made it to the U.S. Open, but he is going to miss this month's U.S. Open to attend his oldest daughter's high school graduation, telling the New York Times that the ceremony for his daughter Amanda is something he will cherish forever. And interestingly enough, this is the same daughter who was born the Monday after the 1999 U.S. Open, where he was a runner-up, and he still never won the U.S. Open. Yeah, he's never won the U.S. Open out of all the tournaments he has won. I thought he was taking off to go see the Mets. What's the point of that? I don't know. Just, I mean, you know, you can get seats now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now? Yeah. All right. Eh, there's nothing to see there. Well, apparently. I, I canceled the season, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> But back to back to Phil, back to lefty, lefty not uh att- yeah, attending the U.S. What you, Open. What do you think of this? I I got to be honest. No slight to his daughter, and I know I'm going to get crap for this. I disagree. I disagree because you're a professional. You play for these tur- these tournaments come around once a year. You're expected. The people that go expect to see their favorite golfers. Yeah, but is he still in that conversation? Hundred percent, he's still in the. How is Mickelson not in the conversation? I mean, he's he not has, on the senior tour. No, I know, but he's not. You know, playing with the best golfers 
in the same competition right now. He's maybe second tier. He's not gr- as great as he was. If I'm going to a uh, a golf yes, tournament, you want to see. Phil I want to see left. Yes, I, I get that. Hundred percent. So, I just think the level of competition. It had you know, you make this commitment. I feel like you know what you're getting into. You know, like you can't win the lottery and complain about the taxes. True, and I think that's what a lot of these guys. You know, it started with um, what I can remember. Um, his name is totally escaping me right now, but a pitcher that took off for the Jewish holidays only a couple years ago. He was oh, played for the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up while you, but I think that it's, I think that they make this commitment and they need to play. I get you're going to miss things and it's your daughter. I respect it, but I don't agree with it. Yeah. See with this one, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach here. Of course. Because no, but it's one thing if it's a team sport, it's another thing if it's an individual, you're competing in the U S open for yourself. You want to win. You're not letting anybody down necessarily. You may say the fans, but you're not necessarily letting down your teammates if you miss something like this. This is something that he would be playing on his own. He's competing against all these other guys on his own. So if his daughter's graduation is more important right now to him than the U.S. Open, then so be it. He could be out there, you know, say he did play in the U.S. Open and his daughter's graduating. Sean Green. Was Sean Green. He's yeah, outfielder. I the outfielder. Damn, I knew he played for he the did Dodgers. He did for the Mets, too. Yeah. He did yeah. it when he was with the Mets. He uh, he would he would miss the games for Yom Kippur. That's right. Because it started on a Friday. That's right. So, and that's, I think it's different because it's a team sport. Whereas this, you know, he might be out there on the field and his mind's not in the U.S. Open. The only thing that's in the back of his mind is that he's missing this day. But that, I think missing, missing the U.S. Open is going to be, you know, it's not as bad as missing the graduation for him, for a father. This is his oldest daughter. He's, you know, I get it. Graduations suck. I hate going to them. They're boring. They're long. I don't understand somebody half could the escaped, names. Somebody could have Skyped them in. Sure. Right, right, right when she was going up to... The, I w- Listen, it's not... I'm not trying to be a bad guy. I'm just saying that you make a commitment to such a high level of expectation and a high level of professionalism... You know, you need to be in those tournaments. It it sucks, and yeah, you're going to miss a lot of moments, but again, you can't be at that level and expect to be like everybody else and expect to be the dad that gets to go to the recital or gets to go to the... It, it's a graduation. I get it. It doesn't happen that often, but again, it your schedule doesn't allow it. I mean, he's making it allow it, yeah. but... I feel Wait. you're doing the fans and the league in itself an injustice by missing it. I mean, look at how you know crazy people go when you know teams like the NBA in the NBA, like San Antonio, is a great one for this. They go on the road and they decide they're not playing a great team. But that's a team and sport, and they rest the players. That's a team sport, though. right? But even worse, an individual. You're if you're out there to see the best of the league of the PGA, and you're going. All right, so what if what if Mickelson is playing with three other golfers that just happen to go to the same their kids go to the same school and they all take off to go to the graduation that Okay, that's a little bit different. But still it's it's not really all different right, when you like, think about it. So it, let's let's apply this to NASCAR. 
What if you're in one of the major races of NASCAR? And you made a right turn? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Can I be taken seriously for one second? No. Because <laughs> um, you're talking just, about NASCAR, which can't be taken that's seriously. That's a good point. Um, I don't see a big deal with it. I think it's because if it's, an, it's an individual sport. And, you know, U.S. Opens are important. And... He's never won one, so maybe he doesn't think he's ever going to win one again, so why even bother? So he's got a defeatist attitude, so he said, you know what? I'm just going to go to my daughter's graduation. <laughs> Screw it. I'm out. As long as it wasn't Plan B and his family found out that it was Plan B. <laughs> like he said, oh, it just happens to be U.S. Open, the one I don't win. So yeah. you know what? Yeah. Uh, instead of instead of getting all the media criticism about not winning this tournament and the pressure, I'm going to go see my daughter graduate. I'm going to yeah. go play it would B. Be, it would be a much different headline that we'd be seeing if he decided to play and miss. Eh, I don't even know if it would be. If it would be a story if he decided to play. I don't even. I guess the reason that he's missing it is the reason that it is a story. True. If it was like your yeah. child being born. Right. And I mean, players miss for that. And yeah. that, I mean, that's one of the few cases where I believe I'd be okay with it. Okay. About with child, with, you know, a child being born. That's on a whole different spectrum. Yeah. But a Life kid's graduation. Death. Life and death is it, different. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I would never fault a player for missing a game. I mean, you see all these players that, you know, overcome death and want to play through it. Right. You know, a death of a family member, a death of a friend, a death of a, a colleague or a teammate. All depends on the person. But that's where I say that's out of bounds. I won't touch that as far as if you have a child being born, I'm not going to criticize you. But a, a graduation, I mean, yeah, and I, I think, mean, come on, Phil. And I think, and I think, if it was his his daughter, would understand that you know you're one of the. I'm sure you know what daddy does at this point, right? And you know, and I'm, 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 and I'm sure you're not paying a dime to to go to college after this graduation, exactly. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, I just think that in priorities in such a. A spotlight that sports is. I I I know I do not agree with a, a player taking off for something like a graduation or something. Yeah. It just it just doesn't sit right with it's, me. It's it's tricky when it's it's an individual sport compared to a team. I think with me, but do you man? It's your family. Uh, anything that's gonna <laughs> mess you. up anything that's gonna mess up the family dynamic. I'm all you know. You got to do what you got to do to. To protect the family. I mean, w- listen, for all we know, he could have missed the graduation. And Phil's wife, he could have came home. Phil, Phil might got, uh, you know, drive her over the head if he missed the graduation. You never you know, know. His wife could have put pressure on him. You never know. Um, that's that's going to wrap things up for this week's episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast. Again, you are going to be able to listen to it on our website at nj1015.com. You can stream it on our app, the NJ1015 app. It's also available for subscription on both iTunes and Google Play. I'm Dan Tantillo. That's Chris Swendeman. Thanks so much for listening. Well. Wow.